What's up, Wizards fans and NBA nerds? My name is Bryce Haas, and you're listening to the Wizards Hoops Analyst Podcast on the Hoop Heads Podcast Network, a podcast giving you game-by-game breakdowns of everything Wizards. Hey, Hoop Heads, we appreciate you listening to this episode of the Wizards Hoops Analyst. Be sure to check out these other NBA pods on the Hoop Heads Podcast Network, including Cavalier Central, Knuck If You Buck, 305 Culture, Spanning the Spurs, Hashtag Lakers, Motor City Hoops, X's and O's NBA Breakdown, LA Hoops, and At The Buzzer. Plus, our coaching-focused podcast, Thrive with Trevor Huffman, Beyond the Ball, the CoachMaze.com podcast, Players Court, Bleachers and Boards, The Green Light, and Courtside Culture. Oh, and don't forget to check out our flagship, the Hoop Heads podcast, hosted by me, Mike Cleansing, and my co-host, Jason Sunkel, featuring the best minds in the game, from grassroots to the NBA. Hey, hoop heads, we all hate ankle sprains, and they happen way too often. Ankle injuries are the number one sports-related injury. Arise is trying to change that. With the iFast, your athletes get preventative protection and full mobility. Athletes no longer need to wear bulky braces that limit performance and give mediocre protection. Anyone playing sports should be using these products. Keep your athletes in the game. Don't wait for them to get hurt to take action. Visit www.arise.com, spelled A-R-Y-S-E, and use the code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off the future of performance. That's A-R-Y-S-E.com with promo code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off. (laughs) That game sucked. Um, the Wizards came out and basically laid an egg for 48 minutes, um, and it was pretty ugly. Um, but I guess we do have a couple of news things to get to. Um, this, uh, I'd assume that this is going to be a shorter episode. Um, the Wizards just lost to the Sixers, 127-101. to um, The Sixers pushed the record to 26-12, and um, which is pretty good. <laughs> and the Wizards are, they fall to 14-22. and um, their second straight loss after the All-Star break. Um, they also lost two nights ago to the um, Memphis Grizzlies. Um, so, yeah, just, I guess, coming into this game, um, the Sixers were 25-12. and 12. Um, They had a plus 3.6-point differential, which is actually only eighth in the league, even though they have, a, I think, the fourth best record in the league. Don't quote me on that. Um, they came into this game 14th on offense and fifth on defense. Um yeah, and I guess I'll go over the uh, four factors type of stuff, um, four factors game summary uh, stuff first. Obviously, um, the Sixers had a way better offensive rating than the Wizards. They were at 122.1 for the game. The Wizards were at 98.1. Um, 98.1 is really, really bad. That's in the 13th percentile, and they scored a bunch in garbage time, and that number includes that. So their um, functional offensive rating was probably a few points worse than that. Um Sixers effective field goal percentage was 60.6%, which is in the 83rd percentile. Um, Wizards was at 53.7, um, where the Wizards really, really struggled. Um, just looking at the four factors, is they turned the ball over a lot um, with turnover rate of 17.5%. Um, they didn't get any offensive rebounds, um, but that is kind of uh, the Sixers are good at preventing offensive rebounds. Um, they are. Tw- 
well, actually, they're only 12th in the league in opponent offensive rebound rate. Um, so I guess not that good. Not you shouldn't be in the seventh percentile against them. Um, but I guess the Wizards also don't aren't a great offensive rebounding team. And the Wizards were um, 15.9% free throw rate, which is pretty low. Um, so yeah, just none of the factors for the Wizards offense worked very well. Also, they couldn't get to the rim at all, um, which is kind of why their effective field goal percentage was lower than you would think. And also, they didn't shoot many threes. They shot a ton of mid range jump shots, which is a <laughs> not a good thing. Um, but I'll definitely talk about that in a second. Um, just to go over some of the basic box score stuff, uh, Bradley Beal only had 19 points. It's minus 16 on the night in 29 minutes. Um, I don't even know if he came in during that fourth quarter um, just because the game was so out of hand at that point. Um, he was 8 for 13 from the field, 2 for 4 at the line. Um, pretty efficient night, actually. He scored 19 points on 15 shooting possessions, just didn't get very many shooting possessions. Um, and that is because of the defense of Matisse Thybul. He did an incredible job on Beal all night long. Um, Russell Westbrook had 25 points, was minus 24 on the night in 33 minutes. Um, but he actually looked pretty good out there. Those 25 points coming on 22 and a half shooting possessions, so a decently efficient night, 8 assists, 5 rebounds. Um, so actually a really good Westbrook game. Like I was really, really happy with how Westbrook played tonight. Like the probably the one bright spot out of that whole entire game was the play of Russell Westbrook. He was great or great. Uh, he was very good. Um, I don't know about great. Um, I guess Robin Lopez at 10 points. He scored some points on the bench. Alex Lynn had nine points <laughs> coming in in garbage time. He played six minutes. He had nine points, um, which was pretty disappointing. Uh, I'll definitely touch on that at some point during the episode. Um, but going over the Sixers guys, Joel Embiid played 20 minutes. He had that injury, which I will also talk about. Um, so in 20 minutes, he was plus 22, which is ridiculous. He had 23 points, 8 of 11, 6 of 6 to the line. So 23 points on only... Was that 14 shooting possessions, which is super efficient. Um, and it was kind of a, like tons of guys scored um, for the Sixers. Uh, Tobias Harris had 14 points, was plus 19 on the night. Danny Green had 12 points, was plus 24 on the night. Um, Seth Curry had 14 points. Um, Shake Milton and Furkan Korkmaz both had 18 points. Um, so a lot of guys scored for them. Um, and that is because the defensive effort from the Wizards was really, really bad. Um, and also just the game plan in general, I don't think it was that good. Um but yeah, I do want to talk about the Wizards' offense first. Um, just not enough at the rim. They were ten for eleven shooting at the rim, which is a, which is ridiculous. Um, they shot ninety-one percent at the rim, um, but they shot um, a lot of shots from short mid. They're eighteen of thirty-four, which is a really good percentage. But to shoot thirty-four shots from short mid is not good. Um, that's about fifty-three percent, which is about one point oh six points per shot. And you want to be better than that. Like, if you're only scoring 1.06 points per shot, um, that's not a very good uh, number, especially when you're not getting any offensive rebounds. Um, so, you know, you got to be a little bit better than that. You got to hunt slightly better shots than there. And that is because of the defense of Joel Embiid. Um, the Sixers generally play a drop with Joel Embiid. Um, just because, like, he's not incredible moving his feet on the perimeter. And he's just such a big body. Like, if he's standing right under the paint, it's really, really hard to score against him. Um, so the Wizards were forced to take tougher shots. Instead of getting a shot from two feet from the basket, it was usually a shot from about six feet from the basket. And it's tougher to score from six feet than two feet. Um, it not only is it tougher, it's like way, 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 way tougher. Um, just looking at the Wizards' shot chart, a lot of their shots were actually from like four to six feet instead of like um, six to like 14 feet, um, where the entire area of the paint is. Um, but still, those are tougher shots, especially with Joel Embiid only two feet away, um, forcing the other team to, to uh, make and take, or to take floaters and try to make them is a good bet to make. Um, Beal was five for nine from floater range. I want to see what Westbrook was. Westbrook was five, or Beal was five for eight. Westbrook was five for nine um, from floater range, and which are both 
solid percentages, um, but you do, again, you want to get to the rim more than that. And you also, if you get to the rim more, you're going to get fouled more. And if you get Joel Embiid to foul you more, um, then you're in pretty good shape because um, then he's out of the game. Obviously, he was absolutely dominant in the minutes he played. Um, yeah, so I'm trying to figure out who else shot so many floaters. Robin Lopez shot four. Um, Matthews obviously shot none. Um, Bertans, Avdia shot none. <laughs> I don't know. I'll figure it out at some point. Um, but yeah, so the Wizards, just not a good offensive game. Just not enough ball movement in general. Um, the Wizards really, really struggle when um, Beal gets defended really, really well off the ball. Just because so much of the Wizards' offense is predicated off that Bradley Beal off-ball movement. Um, Matisse Thibault did a great job of sticking to Beal. Um, he was both top-locking him at times, but for the most part, it was just like um, lock and trail. Um, but kind of like just in denial, like not even fully top locking him kind of just like face guarding him kind of like dylan brooks but not really the 94 foot experience um but yeah he did a great job um even when beal caught the ball he just made it tough um Dybul is like what six seven six eight he can really move his feet he's really long um so even on the catch um beal just couldn't get good shots up and again Dybul is great at getting around screens um and even if beal got a screen he was trying to attack downhill against joel Embiid. and if it was a screen set by um Rui Hachimura, which the Wizards went a couple times, to a couple times. Um, it was tough for Beal to get all the way to the paint because who, like Joel Embiid was standing there waiting for him because he didn't have to guard uh, Mo Wagner on the perimeter, which is um, a big concern that I have for the Wizards is um, the play of Mo Wagner as of late. Um, but just a tough night for Beal. Obviously a really tough assignment with Matisse Thybul. Um, he played better when um, Joel Embiid was off the floor and Dwight Howard was on the floor because he could get all the way to the rim and finish. Um, Dwight Howard, um, just not as good in that drop coverage as Joel Embiid. They also tried to bring Dwight Howard a little bit further out on the floor when he was on, and Beal just was able to turn the corner and get to the rim and finish. Um, so a lot of his points came when Joel Embiid was off the floor. Um, just also not not a great um, shooting night for um, Bradley Beal. He wasn't really hunting his off-the-dribble three the way he does sometimes against a drop, um, but that's also because Dybul is so long, he's so good at getting around screens, and Beal just wasn't able to get easy looks off the catch, um, which is where he also excels really, really well. Um, so, so I guess, so the one, I do want to talk a little bit about Russell Westbrook because he did have such a good night. Um, he was really, really aggressive, um, which is what I love to see out of him. Um, he shot 11 shots in the paint. He was seven for 11 in the paint which is a great number, but he was also getting the paint and distributing, which again is my favorite part of his game. Um, he's really, really good at finding the weak side corner um, when he drives into the lane. Um, if the Wizards had better shooters in position in those weak side corners and not Rui Hachimura, um, then Westbrook would be racking up a ton more assists. Um, he's also pretty good at that drop down pass um, and he he reads it in a split second. So his read is like, if he comes, drives in, um, someone's guarding him. Okay, his next read is the drop-down pass. If someone's guarding the drop-down pass, then he knows the weak side corner is open. And like, that's easy for me to sit down and watch from like the wide camera angle and say, but it's really, really tough to make those reads in a split second on an NBA court with NBA athletes um, and literally just make it like just like just in a snap. Um, and he does it really, really well. And that is to me by far the most impressive part of his game. But also when he's getting to the rim and finishing, it's a great thing. And he also got to the line this game. Um, he got to the line seven times. He was only three for seven, but you'll take that, um, to get, pick up fouls for the other team and get to the line, which is still a good overall, um, proposition for Russell Westbrook. I believe, um, I want, I actually do want to look at that. Um, I'm pulling up his, why can't I, uh, Okay, <laughs> I'm slowly pulling up Russell Westbrook's free throw numbers. Um, if I could ever, <laughs> I know how to use use the um, cleaning the glass, but whenever I'm start recording, I I struggle for some reason. Um, bow drawing. 
Okay, here we go. So his free throw percentage is 58.6%, um, which is literally in the zeroth percentile. Um, it's been going down every single time I bring this up on the pod, um, but 58.6% is still a good enough proposition to where you still want to get to the line and get free throws. Um, so perfectly happy with Russell Westbrook getting to the line. I was really happy with his performance tonight. His defense was terrible, um, but it's usually terrible. Um, so I you know, not too big of a concern there. Um, just struggles to fight around screens, really, really bad at executing the scheme. Like he was not, like whenever it was, so what the Wizards were doing against Joel Embiid was that when he caught the ball on the post, he likes to catch it on like on the left side of the floor, but like not really on the low block, more of like in the mid post, like almost at the three point line, like a few steps in from that. Um, so what the Wizards were doing was bringing help from the weak side corner all the way over to the like Joel Embiid side of the lane. Um, and then just having whoever was on guarding the weak side wing kind of drop down into if someone's at the dunker spot or split two between the corner and the weak side wing. Um, and Westbrook did a terrible job of executing this all game long. But also the Wizards, it, this didn't make sense when someone like Beal or someone else who was smaller, like Hal Neto or someone like that, um, was the guy who was supposed to help. Um, Joel Embiid, just like just giving him baseline, I don't understand that at all. Because if you give him baseline, he just has, he's barreling down at whoever's in the help, who's usually a smaller guard. Um, is like the Sixers were able to really, really easily manipulate it because all the time it was just the read from the weak side corner and not like a specific guy. Um, so they're able to manipulate it. So then a guard or so anyone but Rui, who can actually provide a tiny bit of help on Joel Embiid, anyone but him would come and be helping. And Joel Embiid would just have a free lane to the rim. Um, so I did not love that coverage. I probably would have just had Rui help no matter what, or just sent a variety of different looks, but not help like that, not pre-rotate all the way over and then just force him to the middle of the floor and then dig down on him, something like that. Um, but just forcing, giving him that baseline is, I'm just not a big fan of that at all. And the Wizards do that a lot against really good bigs. I don't like that coverage. Um, that is a, that's an issue I have with them, but I, I definitely do want to talk about the Joel Embiid injury, um, because Joel Embiid was great tonight. Um, he like dominated the game for 20 minutes, but, and then he had a massive dunk on Garrison Matthews and he hyperextended his knee. Um, I don't know how long players are usually out for, for hyperextensions. He's getting, obviously getting an MRI tomorrow, didn't come back in the game. Um, so we'll see with him. Obviously hope all the best. I, sucks to see guys get injured, especially guys that are so good like Joel Embiid. Um, so definitely wish the best for him. Um, but also I do want to talk about the Sixers. They just killed it in floater range tonight, which is like crazy. Um, they were 20 for 29 in floater range, which is 69%, which is absolutely insane. Um, so if you're the Washington Wizards, you can kind of live with that if the team shoots that well from floater range, but also they shot 11 for 19 from three, um, which also you can kind of live with. That's a pretty ridiculous percentage of 57.9% from above the break three. Uh, just to go over who was shooting those shots, like Danny Green was two for five, Embiid was one for one, Seth Curry was only one for three, um, Mike Scott was two for two, um, Howard shot a three, Vincent Poirier shot a three, um, Furkan Korkmaz, Korkmaz sorry, was four for five. Um, so at the end of the day, you will live with that. Like the Wizards were not the beneficiary of shooting variants tonight, um, and that happens sometimes. But um, you just got to come in with a better offensive game plan. Um, you got to come in with some better plays to run um, to get Bradley Beal the ball. And also, like the thing that I keep saying is that I think Bradley Beal should take the ball at the floor more, um, just to get him in a pick and roll roll action right away, um, instead of trying to play him off the ball. Because the Wizards were not able to get anything off the ball um, for Bradley Beal. Um, with Matisse Thibel guarding him the way he was, just doing such a good job on him. Um, so that that's my criticism for the Washington Wizards. Um, I got to think about, oh, so the other thing I do have to talk about is, um, what's his face? Um, Bertans left the game after 10 minutes. He was one for five. Uh, he shot five threes in 10 minutes and then left the game because of calf tightness. 
Um, I don't think calf tightness is that big of a deal. Um, so we'll kind of we'll see if he plays on Sunday or not Sunday tomorrow. Um, but leaving the game, like he played, so I I don't really know. I'm not a doctor. Um, <laughs> not much more to say about that. But the Wizards really really need Bertans. Um, he just opens up so much for the this offense just because of his spacing. Um, his spacing is a huge asset. He's like the only guy on this team besides like Beal's gravity is absolutely insane. Um, but the only other guy that really brings any gravity to the table is um. Dallas Bertans. Um, so Westbrook, when he's off the ball, teams don't guard him. And that's a pretty big issue um, when you're trying to score. Same thing with Rui. Same thing with Mo Wagner. I'll, I'll talk a little bit about, uh, I'll ramble a little bit about um, my stuff with Mo Wagner as I'm trying to pull up Dallas Bertans uh, stats on cleaning the glass. Um, so Mo Wagner, he's on the court because he's a better offensive player than Robin Lopez and Alex Len. That's the only reason he'd be on the court because he is a worse defensive player than both those guys. He cannot guard in the post. He's not nearly as good as a rim protector. He's way more often out of position. Um, he can move his feet a little bit more and he opens up a little bit more coverages, but against a team like the 76ers who generally just run a lot of pick and roll or a lot of stuff out of the mid post with Joel Embiid, um, where they're not really running, like they don't have a dynamic pick and roll threat where you need someone who can um, run a variety of coverages. It doesn't make, Mo Wagner really has to be playing well on offense. And if he's not playing well on offense, he doesn't need to be on the floor. He did not need to be on the floor in this game. It made no sense. He was playing terrible on offense. He couldn't get anything against Joel Embiid. He was doing nothing as a roller, doing nothing in the short roll. He couldn't, he can't shoot. Like he's just forgotten how to shoot. He doesn't even look at the basket anymore. So if he can't play offense well, and he's worse on defense than your other two centers, there's no reason to play him. Um, however, like, let me check how many minutes. He, he played 15 minutes. He does not have to play 15 minutes if he's doing nothing out there. Um, it doesn't make any sense. So... I pulled up Bertans, um numbers on offense. Um, the Wizards' offense rating is 114.4. Um, I want to look at. Um, I want to look at offensive frequency, shooting frequency. Um, the Wizards shoot more shots at the rim when Bertans is on the floor, and obviously they shoot more threes, shoot less mid range. Um, so that's kind of the Bertans effect. You're, it opens up stuff at the rim, and I think that Bertans is a super, super important part of this team, obviously, um, just because of his gravity. Like, even when he's not shooting well, teams know that he is a shooter. Um, so having him on the floor, being able to run him off staggers, being able to have him set screens for other people, um, it makes it the Wizards offense just that much tougher to guard. Um, <laughs> that much tougher. It makes it tougher to guard than it is now. Um, and, yeah, obviously he's a crucial part of the team. Um, I guess... I have to talk about uh, Alex Len. Um, he came in and played well. I think that uh, I, I just rambled about Mo Wagner a second ago, but again, like if Mo Wagner, depending on the matchup or depending on how Mo Wagner's playing, Alex Len should play more than him. Like this matchup called really, I mean, not called, like was screaming for Alex Len to play more minutes than Mo Wagner. And Scott Brooks didn't go to that until garbage time when the game was over. Oh, I definitely want to look at, um, sorry, this is a little bit out of order. I should have done this near the beginning. Um, but I definitely want to look at the win probability. Um, so the win probability from the point of, so it was 99.9% with 10 minutes and 42 seconds left in the fourth quarter. That is pretty insane. Um, I just want, I want to look at the beginning of the first half or the beginning of the second half, the, um, 76's win probability was 86.8%. Um, at the beginning of the second quarter, on um, the Sixers win probability was 94%. So this game was just not a game at all. Like it was like a no contest for the whole entirety of the game. Um, and yeah, that was kind of disappointing to see. Um, I guess I'll go through my notes. And then at the very end, I do want to talk about Cassius Winston and the fun little lineup. And also the, uh, some of the Sixers guys that got some uh, playing time at the end. Um, 
talked about going the baseline, talked about Thibault. Um, yeah, and B loves to work on the left side of the floor, um, usually because that's where righties like to post up because they can go to the middle and then go to like a righty hook or take a pound dribble um, and then get into a right-handed layup. I'm going to their right. Um, but and like, again, the Wizards gave him B baseline. It made no sense. Um, offense couldn't generate anything. Just there was enough player movement, not enough ball movement. Um, the Wizards have a few go-to sets. Um, I'd like to see them maybe add a couple more go-to sets. Um but yeah, just did not get much going on offense the whole entire night. Um, only, and only scored 15 points in the third quarter, or not the, th- the first quarter, and that was really, really ugly. Um, oh my God, the last play of the first quarter was hilarious. Um, it was like, so it was out of a 1-4 flat set. Um, Westbrook, um, he, they ran a, like a go screen, um, and they didn't get a switch out of it. So Westbrook just dribbled in. Um, Weak side corner help, or not weak side, the strong side corner help came because the strong side corner was guarding, um, what's his face, uh, Robin Lopez. Robin Lopez caught the ball, catch and shoot three, hits the top of the backboard to end the first quarter where the Wizards only scored 15 points. I thought that was absolutely hilarious. Um, oh, the start of the second quarter was interesting because, um, so it was out of horns. Um, Westbrook was one of the guys on the elbow, so it started with a Westbrook elbow series. Um, and Bertans came off of a... Um, pin down um, from the other guy um, in the he, he also started at the elbow so I thought that was a pretty good play um, I kind of like uh, the Russell Westbrook elbow series I think that they should run a little bit more of that uh, I wrote someone tell Mo Wagner to stop going at Joel Embiid it's a bad matchup I don't know why Mo Wagner thought that he could take Embiid off the dribbler in the post that was that was ridiculous um, the Wizards ran stack once this game and they got a easy Russell Westbrook left-handed layup um, I think that the Wizards should run stack like a thousand times a game um Six is not even thinking about guarding Westbrook or Wagner on the perimeter. I talked about that. Um, Westbrook looked better. Talked about that. Um, oh, I got to talk about Rui. Like, I don't understand why he plays so much. Um, well, he only played 21 minutes this game, but he just doesn't really fit with the starters because he provides no spacing. He's not good. At, like, he he can't pass. He can't shoot. Um, not really good finishing around the rim. And then defense, like, he's not versatile enough. He can't guard wings. His feet aren't quick enough to guard wings right now. And then on defense, he has no help instincts. So unless you're guarding a four that Rui can guard, like, that makes sense. He can guard fours, but he can't. He has no versatility on defense, and he can't help. And he's bad on offense. So, why, like, why does he play so many minutes is my kind of question. Um, his best role would be a small five where he can set a bunch of screens and roll to the rim with space because um, that's where he can start to use his athleticism and length a little bit more. And then defensively, he just isn't good enough to play the five. So Rui's kind of like one of those guys where like, I don't know what to make of him. I don't know what the heck his future is going to be because he kind of, he doesn't, he doesn't really have a role like right now where I can see him fitting into. Um, he just needs to, he needs development. Um, he's still only in his second year. So we'll kind of see what happens with him, but he is one of those older second year guys. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I'm not a big Rui guy. Um, but, again, like, plenty of people prove me wrong all the time. So we'll kind of see. Um, I talked about <laughs> – I wrote a bunch of notes about Westbrook just being a positive guy out there. Oh, Troy Brown got third-quarter minutes. I think Troy Brown should 1,000% be getting minutes over Denny Avdia. Um, no offense to Denny. I understand that he's a rookie ninth-picking the draft, blah, 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 blah. But Troy Brown is way better than him right now, and he doesn't get minutes. Um, Troy Brown defends. He can pass. He can dribble. He can shoot. Like, there's no reason that he shouldn't be in the rotation. Um, especially as like he's a wing. The Wizards desperately need wings that can defend, and they have two on the roster: Troy Brown and Isak Bonga, and they don't play. It's it. That's kind of like it's mind-boggling to me that um, it's like that. Um, 
Let's see. Oh, the interesting move. So Sixers at the end of the half, they ran a ghost screen right at Russell Westbrook. Um, but one thing I do like about the Wizards is that they don't give up easy switches the way most teams do on actions like that, where it's kind of like switch all at the end of the quarter, but um, the Wizards don't give up easy switches. Um, so that's one thing I like. And now, of course, I have to talk about that end of game stint. Um, so <laughs> the end of game lineup for the Wizards, that we had Avdia, um, Alex Len, Cassius Winston, um, Troy Brown, and Isak Bonga. Bunch of my favorite guys, obviously. Um, I just wanted to see Cassius Winston run tons of pick and roll. Um, but <laughs> Alex Len turned it into Alex Len show. He took a, like tons of shots. He shot the ball every possession. It wasn't fun to watch. Um, also, Isak Bonga was not good at all in that little stint at the end of the game. Um, but Cassius Winston, one positive note, he did hit a pull-up three in um, transition. So that was fun to see. Um, also, um, Bonga trying to like take guys off the dribble is not a good sight at all. Um, that was ugly. Uh, Bonga's out there to play defense, and when you're playing against, um, I don't know, defending Terrence Ferguson, yeah, Bonga, uh, I don't know about him being out there. Um, but again, it was garbage time, so you know, just got gotta throw him out there. Um, yeah, I don't like how Lentz stole the show from my guy Cassius Winston, who I wanted to see um, run some pick and roll, see how he does, see how he reads and reacts, that kind of stuff. Um, Sixers, I, I do want to talk about Terrence Ferguson. Um, I don't know why he doesn't play at all. Um, that's kind of weird. Also, Tyrese Maxey didn't play at all in this game, except for the end of the game. I I don't know. That That's also kind of weird, um, especially because it was such a blow up for the whole entire game. But Furkan Korkmaz was playing really, really well. Um, so, you know, I guess I kind of get it. Vincent Poirier got minutes. Um, and he didn't really do anything, um, but I like saying his name, and I'm happy that he was out there. Um, Tony Bradley got some minutes um, because, obviously, because of the Joel Embiid injury. Um, he had a couple layups. Uh, that's that's all I can say about him. Um, yeah, that's all I got for this episode. Um, hopefully, the Wizards play better next game and like actually make a game out of the game, um, but we'll see. <laughs> They're playing the Bucks. That's a super, super tough matchup. Um, Beal's going to be hounded all game by Drew Holiday. Um, obviously Giannis Lopez, like they're going to protect the rim really, really well. Um, uh, yeah, it's a tough matchup. I don't like who's, uh, Rui on Giannis. Um, and then who's going to be helping? Like you're telling me that Russell Westbrook is going to all of a sudden develop help instincts and okay. Yeah, that, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. I don't want, what is proving wrong? Plenty of times this season, um, playing up to the level of good teams. Um, didn't do it tonight, but you know, you never know from a night to night basis in the NBA. Um, so that's all I got. So that game is going to be tomorrow. Um, I don't know if it's at 7 or 8. I hope at 7. Um, but definitely tune into that. I'll have a podcast coming out that night or the next day. Thank you for listening to the Wizards Hoops Analyst Podcast on the Hoop Heads Podcast Network. Please don't forget to subscribe and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Pod. I'll see you next time.